Good morning. I'm Max Cohen, a congressional reporter at Punchbowl News, and I'll be filling in for Anna and Jake this week. Welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Monday, July 10th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your top Washington headlines of the day. Number one, a busy week awaits as Congress returns from recess. Congress is back, at least the Senate, that is. Senators vote tonight at 5.30 p.m., and the House returns tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. And here's a note for our audience. There are just 12 legislative days left until the August recess starts. Here's what lies in store over the next couple of days. Later this week, the House will take up the fiscal year 2024 defense authorization bill. The $886 billion package includes a 5.2% pay hike for service members, $300 million in new funding for Ukraine, as well as more money to confront China's growing power in the Pacific. But there's likely to be a fight over the Defense Department's abortion policy, which has become a flashpoint in the Senate, as Senator Tommy Tuberville has blocked hundreds of senior-level military promotions over this issue. Over in the House Judiciary Committee, FBI Director Christopher Wray will appear before the panel on Wednesday. During the regularly scheduled oversight hearing, expect lots of questions about the criminal investigations into former President Donald Trump, with Ray fending off as much as he can. Across the Capitol, the Senate Appropriations Committee on Thursday will mark up the fiscal year 2024 legislative branch, commerce, justice, science, and financial services and general government spending bills. These will be at the level agreed to under the Fiscal Responsibility Act, which of course, House Republicans have rejected. There will also be a classified all-senators briefing on Tuesday, with defense and intelligence officials briefing how AI is used for national security purposes. This has been a major focus of Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer this year. And then President Joe Biden will then head to Vilnius, Lithuania for a critical NATO meeting and finish his trip with a stop in Finland. We'll have much more on this later. Number two, senators confront complex political realities at NATO summit. Our very own Andrew Desiderio is in Vilnius this week with a Senate delegation attending the NATO summit. Reporting from Vilnius, Andrew writes that senators arriving in the city for the summit were greeted with Ukrainian flags and a hashtag promoting Ukraine's entry into the military alliance. This message of support for Ukraine was solid and well-received, Andrew writes. But the political thorny dynamic of NATO membership, coming in the form of a long-term security guarantee, adds an entirely new layer of uncertainty to this year's gathering. And it's one that this Congress is entirely unprepared to confront. As President Joe Biden and his counterparts from NATO's biggest players negotiate a NATO-esque permanent military assistance program for Ukraine, the six senators here, three Democrats and three Republicans, will be some of his biggest cheerleaders in this effort. But this long-term security commitment for Ukraine would require congressional buy-in over years' worth of funding and authorization bills. And the current environment on Capitol Hill, and within the GOP, will complicate this push. Here's what Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell told us in an interview ahead of the summit. Quote, It's pretty obvious there have been some voices in my party 
questioning whether we should be involved in this war at all. I certainly disagree with that, and I've been highlighting this, because I think defeating the Russians in Ukraine is really the most important thing going on in world affairs right now. End quote, McConnell said. Let's take a step back here. The top Senate Republican is saying that a Ukrainian victory is, quote, the most important global priority. But a reality check here, the Republican Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, is consistently shutting down any talk of boosting defense spending. We'll be following the storyline of Ukraine spending and the fight within the Republican Party on this very closely as the year continues. Number three, a marquee Senate matchup in Nevada. Some news this Monday morning. Republican Sam Brown is running for Senate again in Nevada, looking to topple Senator Jackie Rosen, the Democrat, in what will be a hotly contested race in 2024. Brown, a retired Army captain, ran in the GOP primary in 2022, but lost to Adam Laxalt, who has said he's not running the cycle. Of course, we all remember that very close general election race in 2022 when Laxalt lost narrowly to Senator Catherine Cortez Massa, the Democrat, who was widely considered one of the most vulnerable Senate Democrats in that cycle. Now, in this primary, national Republicans are likely to back Brown against Jim Marchant, a far-right candidate who has echoed former President Donald Trump's false claims about the 2020 election and voter fraud. And keep this in mind, we've reported extensively on how Senate Republicans are concerned about candidate quality again heading into the 2024 election. Much of the attention has been focused on West Virginia, Ohio, Montana, Trump states, where they're Democratic senators, but there are also a number of more close competitive toss-up races, like Nevada, like Michigan, like Pennsylvania, like Wisconsin, where Republicans are hoping to flip a couple extra seats to give themselves some padding in the event they went back the majority. We also have some fundraising news for you this Monday morning, some quarter two numbers from a number of major players in the House of Representatives. Let's start with House Majority Whip Tom Emmer, who we can report has raised $3.1 million in the second quarter. That's an impressive number for the number three House Republican. We can also report that House GOP Conference Chair Elise Stefanik has raised $2 million for her team Elise Pack in the second quarter, another big haul for a member of Republican leadership. Now for two House Republicans facing a political fight for their future, Representative Ken Calvert, the Republican from California, raised over $900,000 in the second quarter, which is a significant sum for the endangered Republican who has been targeted by Democratic campaign groups. Calvert also finished quarter two with more than $1.5 million on hand. And Representative Tony Gonzalez, a Republican from Texas, who's facing a number of primary challengers from his right flank, reported he raised over $2 million in the first two quarters of 2023. Thank you so much for listening. If you like The Daily Punch, and we hope you do, please leave us a rating and review. Share it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also sign up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.